I don't know if it leaks through or not, but I love Christmas. I really like Christmas, one of my favorite times of year. And one of the reasons I love it is that at the same time, it's both really predictable and has lots of surprises. So Christmas is really predictable, and at the same time, it's uh, full of surprises. Um, If I think back to my childhood, so it was very predictable. We'd have a traditional Christmas dinner, turkey, all the trimmings, sprouts included. That was predictable. Um, Everyone eating too much, that was predictable. Um, I guess what wasn't predictable was one year, my brother Richard, and he's about six foot odd, and my cousin Steve, who was significantly short and really scrawny, had a competition to see who could eat the most. And the surprise was that Steve beat him hands down and like got through a whole extra plateful. Uh, I think he must have had hollow legs or something. Or what about putting up Christmas decorations? That's predictable, isn't it? Um, but Sharon was telling me, Sharon's my wife here, uh, Sharon was telling me that one year her, her mum didn't want to put up decorations, but her dad, Brian, did. Uh, now, Brian, I can testify, was the master of winding you up and pushing your buttons. So he decorated the living room but exactly half of it, only exactly half of it, and left the rest in its uh, grinchy goodness. And then he um, had insult to injury, he festooned the loo with toilet paper, and that was the decoration in there. Well, we've been talk- taking our time through this uh, the last few weeks in this long prologue to Jesus' birth that Luke gives us, that God gives us in Luke's gospel. And we've seen that actually... Um, A lot about Jesus has already been predicted before he's born, that Jesus is God's long-promised rescuer king. So as we come to today's passage, long-held promises, predictions, predictable stuff, is being fulfilled. But already the way that it's happening, there's been surprises about it. um, Jesus' mum is an an ordinary country girl from uh, an insignificant town out whoop-whoop. And the salvation, the rescue that Jesus is bringing, that's a surprise as well. It's not going to be a temporary fix. It's not going to be beating the Romans like um, uh, God's people were expecting. The rescue is going to be forgiveness of our sin, forgiveness of our turning away from God. So now at last, as Jesus is born, a heap of threads of expectation and promises and fulfillment all coming together in history. Uh, And Luke's carefully put together, verifiable account, doesn't just tell us about the birth of this small baby. He tells us why this baby is a big deal. And he invites us to consider how we will respond. So there's uh, an outline of leaflets, I think, there. So first of all, let's have a look at this small baby. Now, there's a few details about um, uh, the circumstances of Jesus' birth. Um, And on one level, these circumstances, if if you knew your your Old Testament, your Bible, really well as Jesus came to be born, a lot of the circumstances are predictable. But for those involved... They were surprising. And as we get into the practicalities of Mary having the baby, there are surprises too. Now, the details Luke gives us, they're not really um, what you get when you ask someone about when their baby was born, are they? You know, usually you say, oh, how was 
you've had your baby, how was that? Usually you, you get thankfully details free version of how difficult or easy the birth was, you know, how it actually occurred. But then usually you get something about, you know, what it was like to meet this little person for the first time, like the emotional impact. But the details we get here aren't so exciting. Verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. It's pretty dry, isn't it? It's pretty boring. It's a bit like this. Um, sorry, just grab these out of my bag. It's, it's doing what we did. So when Robert was born, uh, we saved this newspaper. Going a bit yellow, make you feel old, Robert. It's, uh, so we just saved the, the newspaper. Uh, there was a rail crash. The London Eye was going up uh, after a few failed attempts, things like that. Uh, East Timor peacekeeping was going on. Mayonnaise is putting salad cream out of business. Important stuff. Uh, this one's Owen uh, from 2002. Europe tells UK improved teaching of our languages. <laughs> oh dear, that went well, didn't it? <laughs> So Princess Margaret died. So that's the kind of thing Luke is doing here. It's giving us details of where and when Jesus birthed. So we can have confidence in this account. So that um, his contemporary readers, as he, as he published this, uh, could check up on his account. And that kind of detail underlines uh, what a gospel is. It's an announcement of news. Um, it's like on Friday I read um, people that we know were relieved to read the news of a change of wind direction that was sending the bushfires away from their home. So the gospel's like that. It's news to be heard, to be believed, and trusted in. And the details Luke gives us also help us reconcile one of the predictions with one of the surprises of this story of God's coming king. See, Bethlehem was the expected place for God's rescuer king to come from. So in Micah 5 verse 2, it says this, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So that was the expectation. Bethlehem was in the story. But the surprisingly mundane reason Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem, because they're from, remember, they're from the far north, from Nazareth. The reason they're in Bethlehem is basically because the tax office had told them they had to be. See, Caesar Augustus, uh, he introduced the idea of taxing the whole of the Roman Empire, and censuses were part of that. We get other details, don't we, about Quirinius being governor. Quirinius actually didn't become governor until Jesus was about 12, but it was still his census because a census took ages to do, took years to do. So the one before this that the Romans did was in Gaul, and that took 40 years. And I'll let you insert your own joke about French workers there. Anyway, these details, they put Jesus' birth, fulfilling predictions firmly on the pages of history of the newspaper not in the myth section or legends news not legend 
So from the Old Testament point of view, it's not surprising Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And it's not surprising he is the descendant of King David. So King David had been promised uh, in 2 Samuel, you'll find this. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. See, the expectation was that God's rescuer will be a glorious king, a royal, a descendant of David. Now, we've got, really got used to the idea now, countless nativity plays and Christmas cards. We've got us used to the idea of the circumstances of Jesus' birth. But if you think about a royal baby being born in such circumstances, they're a big surprise. So verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So the humble circumstances are a surprise. It isn't surprising that God is keeping his promises. He always has and he always will. But the surprise is how much the God of the universe will humble himself in order to rescue us from our sin. The humility of Jesus' birth um, foreshadows the humility he lived his life in. And it foreshadows the humility of his death giving himself up to take our place so that we can be forgiven our sins. So the humility of the birth of God's long-promised king is surprising, and the salvation he brings is surprising. So it's not just the temporary political or military rescue that Israel were hoping for. It's a permanent rescue available for all people everywhere forever rescue from condemnation that we deserve for our rebellion against God. Jesus' rescue goes to the root cause of all my problems, of all your problems, our need for God's forgiveness. And knowing God's faithfulness, seeing him put his promises into action, his love into action like this, helps, can help us to ride the surprises of life, trusting in God when things get tough. So think of Joseph, right? He set out to Bethlehem with Mary. He didn't do the predictable thing, the reasonable thing of cutting his losses, being nice about it, but letting Mary go because he trusted God. Because he trusted God, Joseph went with Mary and committed to even tax office records that pregnant Mary was his bride-to-be. There will always be times when we wonder, what is God up to? Where is God in this? But we, can, we know we can trust him. We know he will keep his promises and that the jigsaw pieces will always come together in the end. Okay, so Luke has given us facts and details about the birth of this small baby. But he also gives us more on why this baby is a big deal. Big deal, your next heading. 
See, babies are good news, aren't they? You know, we, we've been cooing over uh, the twins here and um, over Rebecca, and there's a heap more, lots of buns in the oven at Trinity Church Woodcroft arriving next year. Um, and no doubt, those of you who are expecting, no doubt you've already had people telling you what it's going to be like. You know, you didn't ask them to, but they get all this unsolicited information. Um, they'll tell you all the gory details about the births they've, they've had. Um, they'll tell you lots of things that you definitely should do or you definitely shouldn't do. My advice, because I know all about it. Now, my advice is that other people's experience and even your own experience with your older children, they're of limited value because only you have had this pregnancy with this particular baby. And they're all different. They're all full of surprises, okay? So you're going into this. You, you don't know anything. It's fine. You'll, you'll work it out. However, with this small baby, things are different. See, before his birth, God has already given us lots of information about him in the Old Testament. Lots of information about why he is a big deal. And there are lots that we could look at, but this one, I think, is a good summary of what lots of the passages say. Uh, for to us, this is from Isaiah, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, of the greatness of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Jesus isn't just a small baby. He's a big deal because he's the long-promised Davidic king. But not only that, his kingdom of justice and righteousness is going to last forever. And not only that, he will be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father. This small baby is God himself, fully God and fully human. And the angel confirms this uh, when announcing Jesus' birth to the shepherds. Have a look in verse 10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. See, God himself has come in person to save us, and nothing can thwart his plan. And the fact that Jesus is God means we can have total confidence in his ability to save us. It means we can have total confidence in him to rule, not like a human king, but with complete justice and righteousness, getting everything right, not a trace of error or unfairness. We can have complete confidence that Jesus will make sure justice will be done. But Jesus being God also means we can have full confidence in him 
to rescue us from that justice, rescue us from the justice we ourselves deserve. Because he is perfect God with no sin of his own to pay for, his sacrifice for us pays the price for us in full. It's a worthy sacrifice that does the job. So Jesus alone is uniquely qualified to bring us the rescue that we need. So these are really big ideas, aren't they? Uh, And this small baby is a really big deal. But again, again and again in the Gospels, all this is grounded in earthy ordinariness as well. So by telling us about the shepherds, Luke is inviting us to see this thing that has happened. Last last heading. Luke, see this thing that has happened. See, this isn't news for a sort of um, ideal Christmas cardy version of reality. This isn't news just for the religious or just for those who consider themselves spiritual. In the first instance, it's not announced to important people, religious leaders or princes, but to shepherds, to ordinary Joe public. This is news for sinners like me and you. And God doesn't keep this big deal a secret. This is how he's saving the world. And so he sends an angel. And there's only four times in the Bible this happens. But God lets a glimmer of the glory of his presence leak out of heaven. And the shepherds are terrified. So verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for the people. But another surprise in this story is all that's going on, an angel, that's surprising, that's huge, that the glory of the Lord shining around. The surprise is that they're not the center of attention. Those are not the signs brought to the attention of the shepherds. Verse 12, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. All that glorious stuff going on, but where the action really is, is in an animal's feeding trough, the baby there. And so the shepherds don't they just sit piously marveling at this and thinking about it, very practically. They go and check it out. Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They got and checked it out and found this gift from God. So are you looking forward to getting gifts on Christmas Day? I know I am. You know, the best gifts, though, the best gifts are ones that demonstrate that the giver has really thought about you. A gift that shows that they know you and they've anticipated well what you would like. So that's one level. But then next level, level, super gift giving, is when someone anticipates you wanting something uh, before you do. You know, you don't even know you wanted it. And then when you receive it, it makes perfect sense, and you wonder why you'd never thought of it yourself. 
Well, Jesus is God's gift to us. And the gift he brings us is peace with God. Peace with God. You know, I grew up with five sisters and a brother, and we usually had at least one foster child as well. So you can imagine there was a fair bit of argy-bargy and bickering went on in our house. But one of the lovely things about Christmas was that it brought a temporary end to hostilities. You know, the feel-good factor of getting all these prezzies was so strong, peace broke out. Once a year, for about two hours. <laughs> but Jesus is the, is the gift we all need, the gift with pe- of peace with God. Hostilities between us and God ended permanently. And the invitation is, if you haven't before, to like the shepherds, to check him out. Uh, you can do that in Luke's Gospel. We've got Luke's Gospel to take away if you've uh, not got your own Bible. Um, we've got some uh, tracts at the side there, so a little booklet. And here, every week, or you can check out Jesus or myself or another Christian would love to read the Bible one-to-one with you if you want to get to know him. But in Jesus... God has reached out to you in compassion to offer you life. God is reaching out to you in compassion to offer you life. Some years ago, um, our family, we decided to go to the beach on Christmas Day with another family. Um, We were kind of new to Australia and it was because we can kind of thing. You can go to the beach on Christmas Day in England, but I wouldn't recommend it. So there we were on the beach, and um, I knew a friend of ours was on his own, and he was going through a really tough time. And so I invited him along too, and he came along. Um, we had a good time on the beach, and while we were at the beach, um, this, another Christian friend of this friend invited him for Christmas dinner. So we went off, had a nice Christmas dinner, he had a nice Christmas day. Now about eight years later, I uh, reconnected with this friend, and he said to me, you know that time you invited me to the beach on Christmas Day. I'd planned to take my own life that day. I had it all worked out, how I was going to do it, and then you called. Now I tell you that, so that, well, A, so you can think about who you might include in your Christmas plans. You never know what impact it's going to have. But more so, uh, I tell you that because we did a small thing that day, reaching out to someone in compassion, and without even realizing it, saved our friend, rescued him from death. But in Jesus, God has reached out to us in compassion, deliberately, at unimaginable cost to himself. Coming to rescue us from spiritual death, from eternal separation from God and giving us new life. That's what's on offer. A new life, a new start, our sins forgiven. New life that will go on for eternity under Jesus' perfect, just and righteous rule. And it's a gift. It might be a gift you never knew you needed, but you do. And all you have to do is receive it. 
It's an invitation. An invitation not to a, a down the beach. An invitation to peace with God forever. Will you accept it? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your generosity and your mercy in coming as this small, helpless baby, Jesus. Thank you for his birth. Thank you for the peace and the joy that he brings us when we trust in him to bring us peace with you. Amen.